0: And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show.
1: Uh, Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> David on Toya, S.A.D. Burbank Podcast.
1: We're S.A.D. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. The game plan, yeah.
2: The, uh... The show. Don't it up. see, I came up with more. Not what we know,
1: because we don't
2: know shit. It's Thursday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya.
1: And I am Sadie Burbank.
2: Well, boys and girls, welcome to our new time slot here on Thursday nights. Um, just to jump in, take care of a little bit of business, and then we'll get into the show. I've decided that we're going back to five days a week. That means that two podcasts are going bye-bye. Well, actually, one podcast already went bye-bye. Um, Reaper Rick, Terry D. Shearer, he's no longer doing uh, his his thing. Right. And I've d- decided that I'm, I'm ending Who's the Boss. Oh, uh, yeah. Just because I don't... I don't know. I feel like I'm wasting my time with it. It's not fun. It's yeah. not fun like... You know, being able to sit down with you and right. have a conversation. Right. I just sit there and yammer for an hour. and I was like, drag
1: me up a wall. I wouldn't be able to do it.
2: So that's the that's reason why. So we got rid of two shows. Um, pretty much everything stays the same, except American Fat-Ass Podcast. They are moving to Wednesdays. Okay. And we're taking Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And the other three shows, Seeing Red... Movie Madhouse and Flashback Fridays are staying. Well, obviously, Flashback Fridays, it's in the name of the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of hard to flashback Fridays on a Monday. But yeah. <laughs> we're flexible. We yes. could do it.
2: So just take care of a little business right there. Um, so from here on out, every Thursday morning, uh, we'll have a brand new episode for you of what we think. So
1: please stay with us, all you Sunday listeners. Or whenever you get us, uh, we found out some people don't get us till Tuesday or Wednesday anyway. Right. So, uh, whenever you get us, just remember. Well, actually, if they don't get us till Tuesday or Wednesday, then.
2: It doesn't really matter. Who knows? Who knows when they'll get the Thursday
1: show? But hang in there. We're still here. We're just on a different time slot. So hunt for us.
2: Yeah, because what it comes down to, and I'm going to get later, I'm going to get into this later in the show, is things have been more busy for me, and, you know, one of the things that have been important to me in the last year is just taking time for myself. Yes. Um, Whether it be writing or drawing, um, or even podcasting, it's something that I enjoy doing, but, you know, making sure a show is out seven days a week, that's on my shoulders.
1: Yeah, and that's a lot of work. And that's A lot of responsibility.
2: That was just getting kind of tiresome, because it was like there was no break.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
2: So, now I'm taking the weekends off. Yay. Um, well, from well, the podcast. Yeah. I, work I actually the weekends. work on
1: the weekends.
2: <laughs> so, there you go, kids. The other
1: job. The money-making job.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, I have to say first is it is good to see you. you. You've been Thank gone you. for two weeks.
1: Yes, I have. So, well, so technically have you. I mean, you've been here, but. Right. We've been apart for two weeks. We, my husband and I took off uh, to go celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary in San Diego and that anniversary falls on the day before our youngest son's birthday so we celebrated his birthday too. We were down there for three nights which was really cool and um, then came home and just kinda hung out and then his brother came down at the end of the week and we went off to see the uh, Endeavour Space Shuttle which is housed now In the uh, Science Museum down in LA. Oh, okay. And so that was was cool. We got to go see that. Uh, His brother's been wanting to go forever to see it and went out to dinner at Philippe's and had French dip sandwiches, beef dip dip sandwiches. That sounds Um, good. Philippe's is the place in LA to go for beef dips. It's a hundred years old. Really? actually it's a little more than that. 103, I think, years old.
2: I love French dip.
1: Oh, they're so good. Mm. And I had uh, like cream of broccoli soup. It was so good. And the, and the coleslaw. You can tell I'm hungry, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, everything was good. Everything was good. So we had a really good time. It was shit getting in and out of L.A. with that, I'm telling you, that Garmin. Oh, my God. The Garmin, we we left the museum uh-huh. to go to Philippe's, okay? And she took us through the most insane i can't even i can't even describe the route that she took us she took us on the 101 she took us on the 10 she took us over to to echo park boulevard she brought us back and around and everything and i'm like where the hell is she taking us (laughs) you know i mean i used to live in that i worked in that part of town i lived in that part of town right and yeah it's changed a little bit but basically it's the same Sure as shit, eventually she did get us there. And that was cool, but oh, and gee, I'm telling you.
2: So, was it during the gay pride thing, or was it during no, Comic Con?
1: Oh, no, San Diego? No, no, no. Comic Con was the weekend after okay. uh, that we were there. Yeah, because, uh, no, I'm not stupid. I <laughs> won't go to San Diego during Comic Con. And we were actually staying in the Horton Grand, which is downtown San Diego. Right. And it would have been, I mean, it was busy enough anyhow because it was Gay Pride weekend, but it would have been a, a total impossible zoo on Comic Con weekend. It would have just have been insane. And the other reason that we wanted to go too is because our youngest son is now a driver for the uh, Old Town trolleys. And we wanted to go because we haven't ridden on it with him as a driver since he started. So we kind of wanted to go and see how he did. And he does so good. Um, But for Comic-Con weekend, they kind of had to change their their schedule, driving schedule, around a little bit. Because it would have been impossible for them to maneuver in the downtown area where Comic-Con was basically centered. Uh, because of the en- enormous amounts of people, there's like 200,000 people invade that area. 500 showed up. Well, they were Actually, saying it 200. Was, but it was yeah.
2: over. Opening day was over 500,000 people.
1: I, I, you know, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And if you've been to San Diego, it's it's an old town. Yes. I mean, aside from Old Town San Diego, San Diego itself is an old town, and so its structure it doesn't lend itself to the invasion of that many people right you know i mean there's already a lot of people there and like every other street is one way the other way right you know <laughs> so it's like oh jeez it 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 would have been very yeah. very 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 difficult she as it. as it was it was really nice uh the weekend that we were there the weather was perfect it was a little humid, but then what do you want? You, you know, you're at the ocean. I was going to say, <laughs> you're in San ocean. Diego, yeah. So, but it was, um, we had nice sunny days. It wasn't cold and windy or, you know, like it can be. Right. It was really, really nice. And we had a great time. And we had an outstanding meal in Old Town. I was telling Lacey on the way to the gym today, we had the best Mexican food we've ever had at Old Town Cafe in Old Town, San Diego. Okay. And it's been there itself. And it's been there. I think it's. It's not the oldest. There's another one, La Playa, I believe, is older. But it's one of the older uh, Mexican restaurants in Old Town. And they make the handma- handmade tortillas and stuff there. Ooh. Oh, God! It was so good. Was, I was gonna
2: say I haven't eaten today My Oh, grown. you're
1: and here I am talking about all this food. <laughs>
2: oh no problem. But, I just yeah. Yeah, delicious. we
1: had we had a terrific time and. Um it was a nice week off, I gotta say. I mean, I missed us doing our show and everything, but I was busy most of the time I really didn't have time to miss much. Right. To be really honest with you. We want Bobby wanted to go to um Barona, which is a casino. He wanted to go there for his birthday. That because we had said, you know, whatever you want to do for your birthday we'll do. Right. And, and so he wanted to do that. <laughs> and so we did and we had a good time we made some money not a lot but you know enough to make it worthwhile absolutely uh had a great meal there at their uh, steakhouse wonderful meal and it was just it was all around it couldn't have been i don't think it could have been any better it was great the hotel was lovely we had a nice room very comfy bed bathroom was a little small, but it was cute. It had like a little, little chain handle for the toilet. I oh, know, really? <laughs> yeah. and it was cute. It was very cute. Very tiny, but very cute. You know, I mean, it had everything I needed. You know, right? just in a very small space. But, uh, yeah. It was it was nice. Very nice.
2: Um, while I'm thinking about it, let me just go ahead and thank Aaron Illich, my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, he stepped in.
1: Filled in for me. For the yeah. last
2: episode. And it that was fun, because um, he, he's used to me going in one direction with the podcast that we do with my right. sister. Right. And with what we think, I go completely, you the know, other way. the other yeah. way. Yeah. And, uh, it, for watching him, you know, he was like trying to, trying to study me yeah. at the same time listening to what I was saying, but we did. We had a good, good time. So I do want to thank him for that.
1: I do too. I was, I appreciate very much that, that he did that for us. That's great. We had, uh, you had said, when I got here today, that we were not going to follow format, and I just want to interject. Um, one of the one reason we're not going to follow format is we haven't gotten any emails.
3: Oh yes. Um,
1: yes. So the email brown bag Special. is not going to happen. But <laughs> having said that, I want to not only encourage everybody to do send us emails about our show. Especially let us know if you like the new time slot or not and how that's working for you. But also, I have been working, you've been hearing me say for several months now that I want to get a map and I want to do like little locators all over the world map of our listeners. Right, yes. Who are from all over the world. Well, I found, finally, a map that's going to work for that particular purpose, um, but the cities on it are, you know, I mean, it's like, it's not a huge, humongous map. It's only about, what is that, two feet or so? About
3: two feet. Yeah,
1: by a foot and a half. Um, and so there's not like a whole lot of room to write, especially Texas, because we have like three or four different locations from Texas already. Right. So I came up with this idea of doing, uh, little numbers. Oh, okay. I'm going to do, I'm going to do it two way, uh, not two ways, but I'm going to do it numerically. By receipt. In other words, the first one that we received Uh is going to be number one. And wherever they were from, that's going to say number one. And then on a separate sheet, on the back of the map, it's going to say number one is Joe Blow from Kokomo. Gotcha. Okay. So we'll see the, the number on the map, but we won't know exactly where that is until we look at the legend. But that'll work,
2: huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still excited to see.
1: It's going to be so cool. Yes. I mean, it really is. So if you haven't yet sent us an email letting us know where you're listening from, please do so because you'll be on our map of fame. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a map of fame, I'm going to call it. That's cool. Kind of like the Walk of Fame. That yes. They have where the stars are and shit. I would put stars on a map except it's, there's not that much room. So, it's just, I mean, I'm going to be doing good to put numbers. Right. Truthfully. So, and I think I'll do them in like red, um, what do you call it?
2: Felt tip. You know. Oh, okay. Like Sharpie?
1: Yeah. Like a Sharpie. Only with a fine point. Gotcha. And then that way they'll stand out. Because the map is, well, it is multicolored, but I think, I don't think there's any red stuff on it. So okay. So, they'll stand out enough. I hope. If not. The other thing I can do is is put the numbers out in the ocean, and draw the line to the place. That's what I do. Thought too. about doing that if I have to, right? Because right? I don't want to mess it up. It's the only one I have. <laughs> I had to dig around in my old National Geographics to find it, um, and I did. So anyhow, it's I've got the emails all printed out. That you know you had to send me some because I they they came to a different address. Um, originally originally yes and not all of them had been forwarded to me so you did that for me a uh, week and a half or two weeks ago and i've got all those and i printed out all the other ones that i have so i think i have all the emails that we have received to date um at least they seem to date wise go back to uh, the, beginning. the beginning of this show last year so
2: while i'm thinking about this yeah um We still have that email address. So if you actually want to drop us an email, just, you know, jump on whatever device that you have for emails. You can go to what we think, um, yeah, what we think at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N dot com and put in, under subject matter, just put what we think podcast and put in what you want to know. Yeah. Um, That works perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, if you want to ask a question or if you just want to be on the map. Yes, you can do that too, and you don't have to put your name on it if you don't want to, or you, or if you don't want us to read it on the on the show, we won't. Just say, you know, leave my name off. You can read the email, or read, don't read anything, or read everything. Right, How, you know, we're flexible. Absolutely, whatever you want to do. So that's the brown bag portion of our, our un. Scheduled Scheduled show today.
2: Um, One thing I will do that is on regular schedule is each and every week we find out, because we get people from all over the world that is joining our Twitter feed. So we call this our Twitter tweets. Yes. Now, do you remember, actually I do because I listened to the last time we talked. So I I know what the number is, but do you remember the number of uh, followers?
1: I lost track somewhere between 800 and 1,000, but I lost track.
2: Um, the last time that we did uh, Twitter tweets, yeah. there was 843 followers. Okay,
1: okay.
2: As of today, yeah. would you like to take a guess?
1: I'd say we were picking up, what, close to 100 a week. So, okay, let's say close to 1,000, but at, just under.
2: As of this moment, because I'm looking at our Twitter page, we have 1,250 followers.
1: Seriously? Yeah well, that is a big jump from what I expected. Yeah. Oh that's cool. Welcome. All you t- Twitteries, Twitterites, Twitterites, Twitterites. Oh, that's
2: a good word, Twitterites.
1: Twitterites or Tweeters. I don't know. It's hard to know. What are they called?
2: Uh followers.
1: Followers on Twitter. Yes. I don't like that. That's boring. I like Twe Twitterites.
2: So do I. That sounds good.
1: Twitterites or Tweeters. I like. Either one.
2: But, um, we could have a contest. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what would you like to be called, a Twitterite or a tweeter? Probably uh, neither one. <laughs> just
2: like, uh, who was it? I don't remember who I was talking to. They were saying, uh, because they're not part of our network, but I listen to their podcast, mm-hmm. and, and they, they refer to their listeners as fans. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking back and forth. And I said, you know. One of the things that I've kind of conveyed through the entire JSO Modcast Network is not to call them fans, because they're listeners.
1: Yeah, we don't know whether they like us or not. They may not be fans. Well, you know what fans is short for. It's fanatic. Right. Yeah. Which can be good or bad. Right. So they may or may not be fans, but if they're listeners, that's good keep tuning in
2: so yeah i I, i'm just not big on the word fans i don't i don't know i've I've never been well it
1: kind of sounds like you're tooting your own horn too you know i mean i think we can tolerate the fact that there are people who listen to us that are not crazy about us (laughs) i mean you know of course if they keep listening to us there must be some attraction there but uh you know maybe they don't i don't know so, would not it be a good idea, then, for one of us, namely you, since you know how and I don't. What's that? To tweet on Twitter uh-huh. about our new time slot for this show.
2: Yes, it's going to be, yes, it's yes. going up on um, yes. Twitter. You, and if you haven't done so yet, you can go to www.twitter.com slash jazomodcast. That's J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-D-C-A-S-T. And you can follow us there on Twitter, or if you are so inclined to do so, you can go over to Facebook uh, and do www.facebook.com slash jazomodcast with the number one. Um, You know, the interesting thing is, and I have yet to figure out why, but, and I've, I've looked this up, statistics say that there's more podcast listeners that use Twitter than Facebook, which just completely boggles my mind, but... I look at the numbers, and it's, it's true.
1: Well, I kind of get that, because isn't Twitter more of a worldwide community sort of thing, where Facebook right. is almost family? Right. You know, I mean, well, I mean, that's just it, you know. Like, I only come in contact with a few people on Facebook. Right. Where with Twitter, I mean, it's just... It's out there. Yes. It's just out there for anybody.
2: And the reason I say I bring that up is because like I just said, you know, we have twelve hundred and fifty followers on Twitter and we've got like a hundred followers on Facebook.
1: Yeah, but see they can't come back they can't come back through Twitter at you like they could Facebook. Right. I think that's the the bad thing, if you will, about Facebook. That's why, you know, they've got this keep it just to people you know, don't, right. you know, don't say, oh, I'm leaving the house right now, you know, on right. Facebook because some moron that you don't know will be, you know, waiting to go break into your house while you're gone or stuff like that. But on Twitter, they don't. I mean, it's it's truly anonymous. Right. I mean, it's so anonymous, you can't even tell who the hell people are because of the hashtag thing.
3: Right. I mean, seriously, <laughs> the,
1: I don't know that because I don't look at them, but I don't think you ever see anybody hashtag S. Burbank, for example, you know, as a name. Hi, I'm on Twitter. My name is hashtag Bill Jones. You don't see that. No. Hashtag uh, big biceps or some whatever.
2: The point of the message. Am I hearing thunder?
1: What the fuck is that? I'm hearing something that sounds like somebody's either banging on something outside or there's thunder. So. So anyway, excuse my ears. No, no, it problem. must just be the fans or
2: something. It's just know. really well, it's you know, we're in August, we live in the high desert, and, and we've, we've got four fans <laughs> right now
1: because it's hotter and blazes outside. Well, actually, it's that it's not, it's it's been cool.
2: It was nice yesterday, yeah, it
1: was only 90, 89, 90 at home, and today it's 90, 91, something like that. And we, you know, for those of you who are living where it's not those temperatures, the reason we say it's cool is because we've been in the three-digit temperature range. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. And so it's really nice, since we're having some more rainstorms and things, it's nice that it's dropped down a few degrees because it's it's really, really warm when we have rain and it's 110 outside at the same time. <laughs> it's just like taking a bath.
2: It is. Or it is. a
1: shower. I mean, seriously.
2: I I enjoyed the uh, the flash floods. You know, that we've...
1: Yeah, well, I don't know As enjoyed is exactly the right word, is it?
2: Well, what did you? Maybe, what
1: did you enjoy about the flash floods?
2: Maybe not so much as uh, what Lacey and Zoe enjoyed, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it because I just like that atmosphere. I like the dark and gloomy. And...
1: Oh, yeah. I like the rain, yeah. yeah. But the flash floods suck. I mean, there are people... I was telling Lacey, people up in... in uh, Baldy, hmm they had they had some huge landslides up there oh, thousands, really? thousands flee the headlines said you know they, they were having some bad bad problems there with with the uh, mud and debris and whatnot because right. they because they had such a tremendous cell thunderstorm cell was so huge and so full of rain that they got like three inches an hour or something. It was it was a lot. It was wow. too much too much for an area that doesn't get any rain. Right. You know. I mean you would think, oh gee, that'd be good to just suck it all up, but it doesn't. Yeah. It can only suck so far and then after that it all runs downhill. Yep. So but anyway. So much for our weather.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes our weather. Back yeah. to you, Bill. <laughs> um so, other than your trip, what else have you been up to?
1: What have I been up to? Let's see. Uh, picked some figs. Our fig trees are fruiting, yes. as it were. Well, yep. I stood outside and contemplated shooting a squirrel.
3: <laughs> <clears throat>
1: I hung up uh, zest soap on the fig trees. It's uh-huh. supposed to keep them away. I don't think they read that memo. No? They... Well, and then the the plum tree didn't have a big harvest this year. Plus, I was sort of like, when it was fruiting, we were in San Diego. Right. So, a lot of it wound up on the ground, and the squirrels are thinking, this works. Right. You know. Plus, I think my bunny was the, I don't want to tell Ernie that, because I've convinced him that my bunny doesn't need anything but rocks and dead weeds. But, well, I haven't convinced him of that fact. I've been telling him, because... He, he thinks my and it's not my bunny it is a wild bunny who lives on our yard right and and so I call him my bunny and I said no my bunny eats I, I, I swear to God I've seen him just sit in the in the dirt and and nibble I don't know what the fuck he's eating it must be dirt right because there's nothing there right and no he's not eating the green veggies in the garden he's eating dirt and and wheat I swear I have seen him sit there and eat dead weeds I've seen him do it really yeah so, but he was sitting under the plum tree with a big smile on his little bunny face, so I have a feeling he was eating some dead down plums, but see bunnies can't get up there like squirrels can right and climb the trees and whatnot, so i I don't fault him, but i don't I hate the squirrels <laughs> I hate the squirrels um anyhow, I picked some figs, picked some plums the the plums are done now, there's still more figs coming on, but the the squirrels are not into the figs as much as the birds are.
3: Mm-hmm. The
1: birds are my enemy there, you know. And Ernie says, well, let them have their share, too. Well, what share? They're not contributing to the flu- to the fig population. Why should they get to share? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, other than that, I haven't been doing too much of anything. I've been sitting on my ass in the air conditioning because it's been so god-awful hot, yeah. you know. Um, well, and then I had this thing with the Pharmacy. I don't know if I really want to go into that or not. It's,
2: well, that's what I set you up for.
1: Did you? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> you know my skin condition. Yes. Okay. I have this this genetic chromosomal disorder,
2: Haley Haley,
1: called Haley Haley, uh, or if you want to get real fancy, benign familial pemphigus. Uh, it's Not curable, because it's a genetic condition. You can't cure a genetic condition unless you get reborn somewhere. But the symptoms can be more or less dealt with, controlled, just to a degree. One of the tools for that purpose has been tetracycline. And uh, about a year and a half ago, tetracycline was no longer available. They came up with doxycycline, which does do the job, too. Unfortunately, it also makes me barf. Really? Unless I I eat just a little something, but I have to have some food with it. If I don't, because I have tried. I've tried taking it when I'm so sleepy that I doze off, you know. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm not even thinking about it, and I wake up headed to the john to throw up. I mean, it's that, it's, I don't know what there is about it, but. Anyhow, I don't like to take it because of that. Right. I mean, it does a job, but who wants to have to eat with your medicine or barf? Right. Tetracycline didn't do that to me. So Ernie was looking at the formulary the other day, and he said, oh, look, tetracycline's available again. So I go, good. So I order it, and I go into the pharmacy, and um, the girl brings it to the desk, and she goes, ooh, and I go ooh, and she goes ooh, and I said what ooh, and she said well. There seems to be something amiss here. <laughs> she says, the copay for this is two hundred eighty-five dollars, and I said, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's outrageous. Yeah, and she said, yeah, it is. Let me let me let me let me let me let me look at that. So she went into a little sort of conf lab, uh Around the corner, not around the corner. She was with an eye shot, but she was with this other pharmacist, and they talked and talked and talked. And somebody got on the phone, and they talked some more. About twenty minutes later, she came back and she said, "Okay, we figured out what the problem is. They had this list as is a, a tier four med, and it's not. It's a tier two med." And I said, "You know, tetracyclines practically a throwaway med. Right? You know, I mean, it's 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 a heartbeat away from being over the counter for crying out loud." <laughs> You know, and she says, yeah, and she says, it's, it's really a, t- a tier two med, and it should only cost you $12 for a month supply. Right. you get getting a three month supply, so that's 36 bucks. I said, I like that. Way better than 285 Fuck yeah. So she says, write that down. So I did right on the bottle. I wrote down exactly what she told me. Okay. She said, in case you have trouble next time. I said, okay. So, uh, the, that was back in May, the 10th. So, the other day, I go into the pharmacy to get a refill. Right. And the girl brings a different girl. And I told her, I said, see a bottle, you know, da 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 da, da. And she, she brought the meds to me and she says, wow. And I, you know, and I go, I don't like that word. You know? And she goes, yeah, the copay now, they're saying, is over $1,000. What? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, uh, okay, Tier 2 Med, $12 for 30-day supply. She goes, yeah, I see that. So they did some work back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And she finally comes up and she goes, okay. I'm she says, and, and I told her, I said, I'm not in the donut hole. They got this thing with, with my HMO
3: uh-huh.
1: because I'm on Medicare and I get meds through Medicare um, through my HMO. Uh, they, they call it the donut hole. If you, as I understand it, if you use enough meds that are a certain full price, uh-huh. uh if you use more than what they think you should in a year's time, you fall into what they call a donut hole. And you wind up having to actually pay a humongous Copay for for what you normally were paying a little copay for, because you've used too much of it, in in terms of what they think you should use. And it doesn't seem to have anything to do with what the doctor thinks you ought to use. It's between the drug company and the drug store, I guess. I don't know. I don't really understand it all that well. Anyhow, I said, well, I know I'm not in the donut hole with these guys because I only take three prescription meds, and none of them is expensive. Right. I mean, you're talking. 10, 30 bucks in for for three or four months time. I you know, I can, I don't spend five hundred dollars a year on meds for me. Ernie a whole other matter, but I don't. Right. And it, then that donut hole thing is a separate individual thing. It's not family. Right. So she said, okay. She says, I, I'll take your word for that. I'm gonna get an override on this and we'll find out what's going on. So she gets the override, I pay her thirty six bucks and you know she said okay that'll be $36 for the meds and I said okay and I paid her with my debit card and I left right so today I get a phone call the uh pharmacy said that the pharmacy service center of my HMO is going to bill me for the additional copay that I owe because it is a Tier 4 med. It's not a Tier 2 med on account of there's only one company that makes it. And so they can charge whatever they want. And so they're charging a shitload for it. And it can't be overridden or some other horse shit like that. And I'm like, no. Well, I, I told the guy. He was really nice. And I said, look, I know this isn't your fault. You're the go-between. And I get that. And I'm real sorry for you, because this isn't going to be pleasant. (laughs) But I said, no. I said, if you went to the store and you bought a suit, and the guy said, that's $200 for the suit. And you said, thanks, I'll take it. And you put it on, and you gave him the $200, and you walked out. And three blocks down the street, he comes to you and says, listen, I changed my mind, that's a $10,000 suit instead. You would either give him back his suit, standing naked on the street, if need be, or you'd tell him to go fuck himself because he told you it was a $200 suit. You paid him $200 for it. You can't turn around and switch the price.
3: No, that don't you work. Know,
1: we have a term for that in the United States. It's called bait and switch. And that's a no-no. We don't do bait and switch. It's ill fucking legal. Right. Okay? So I told the pharmacist that. I said, this is basically bait and switch. You know, you sell me the drugs for $36 and turn around and tell me it's going to cost me a 1000 Not going to happen dude, I'm telling you now, my brother-in-law's a lawyer. We will go to court, okay, if we have to. So don't bother to build me. <laughs> so he says, okay, well, I said, so what can I do? And he said, well, you can contact uh, member services. They're your, uh, what do you call them, advocates. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and he said, tell them what's happened, and they'll fix it. They'll make it all better. Uh, so, yeah, right. So, I'm like, I said, I'm <laughs> hysterical at this point. I told him, I said, I don't have a $1,000 to pay for a copay for meds. If I did, I wouldn't be on Medicare. Yeah, really. I mean, they wouldn't take me if I had that kind of money. Okay? So, let's not go there. I don't have that kind of money. And it, and I'm never going to. And I said, I'll bring you back the meds, what ones I haven't taken out of the bottle right. and used. I'll bring them back, and you can have them back, you know, just like the guy would give back the suit. Right. But I'm not going to pay $1,000 for meds that I already paid $36 for that you said that's what I owed. And and I said, and who's going to bill me for this $1,000? And he said, the HMO. And I said, now, wait a minute. You guys were the ones that said it was $36. You cannot turn around and tell me it's different. Right. After the fact. When I've got it home and you won't take meds back. He says, no, we can't take them back because, you know, they don't know what, what I put strychnine in all the capsules or some right. horse shit, you know, and give it back and poison a thousand HMO <laughs> fellow members. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure going to go there. Anyhow. So I said, I get that you can't take them back, but that's not my fault. That's your fault. That's your problem. Right. You can't take the meds back. That's your problem. You sold them to me for $36. And by God, that's all they're going to cost me. Now next time. If this continues to be the way this drug company wants to play, then I'll go back to the doxycycline. I'll eat a cookie with it every time I take the damn thing, and we'll forget about it. I can do that. Right. I would have done it two times ago had you told me this was going to be the problem. But you never did. The first time I got this, it was $36, and this time it was $36. You're not going to go back on that now. You can't, legally. I said, I'm not dumb. And I do know the law. You can't do that. You may stop me from, from getting it for $36 the next time. But you can't make me pay $1,000 for something you already sold me for 36 yeah. Ain't gonna happen. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> he, he was real nice. He was, really, bless his heart. He's probably going home and having a highball tonight. <laughs> or, or two. Anyhow, so I called member services. Okay. And I get this really nice kid, Gilbert. And I said, Gilbert, are you, you know, it's 1230. I said, have you had your lunch? Are you, you know, you're here for the the duration? And he goes, yeah, I'm here for you. I said, thank you, Gilbert. Because I said, this is going to take a little time. I have to explain all this stuff to him, right? And so I did. I told him the whole thing I just got through telling you. And he said, that's not right. (laughs) We'll take care of that for you. Member services will, you'll become a case. I'm going to be a case with member services. They're going to give me to a case operator person.
2: Manager probably.
1: Right. And he said, we'll take care of this. He said, you know, I used the analogy of the suit with him. And he goes, yeah, it's, it's totally, this is not right. Yeah. And he and I said, it, you know, it may be the the drug company. The manufacturing company is trying to jerk the HMO pharmacy around. I don't know, but that's between the HMO pharmacy and the drug company.
3: Not, yeah, no, yeah. not me,
1: that's their problem with them. If they because it's on the HMO's formulary, see if it wasn't on the formulary, if I had somehow managed to convince them to contract, contact a drug company on my behalf, and buy me this medication, that might be one thing. Right. But I didn't. It's on their fucking formulary. They're saying, in their formulary, these are meds we have available to our clients. Right. To our patients, okay? Under our drug Medicare availability program. That's what the formulary is all about. You know? So, anyhow, I, I went through all those... Dido's with him and he agreed this was totally messed up and he said he's going to give me over, he said it'll take about three days or so to straighten it all out and they have to let me know one way or another either by phone or in writing or both the outcome as it were of, of their whatever it is they do. I don't know what they do. I don't know whether member services goes to the pharmacy and says take it in the ass because this lady ain't paying or what. I don't know. I hope because that's the case. But whatever it is he seemed quite confident that this was going to get them off my back. So we shall see. This will kind of be an ongoing little thing with the
2: uh, I just my know, HMO. I, I, I don't it just blows my mind. the, I the, and the first time
1: it was 285 and then it went up to over a thousand? And I said, I, I told the, the pharmacy guy, I said, what are they going to do? Bill me a 1000 for the first one, too? And, you know, after the fact, twice? He says, they might. I said, they better not. It's a waste of paper because I'm going to pay it. What I you- mean, it's, it's Tetra's fucking cycling, for Christ's sake. It isn't cancer-solving medication. It isn't, it's nothing special. Right. It is, doesn't cure Ebola. I mean, it's nothing. It's tetracycline. It's an old drug. It's practically older than I am, and I'm old. Okay, so what's the big freaking deal? Just because they're the only ones making it? Now, is that not highway robbery? You think your drug companies aren't doing it to you?
2: I see. I I, I Totally was thinking they are. When you first said that, if they're the only ones making it, then they're monopolized that, that particular medicine.
1: Well, they have, everybody has a right to make or not make what they want. Well, just because other drug companies choose not to make tetracycline, it probably is because there's not that much of a demand for it, because there are new and so-called better, more broad-spectrum antibiotics. Right. And that's what tetracycline is. It's an antibiotic. But it's not a broad-spectrum. It's it's not, its its efficacy is questionable Uh to some. It's just that for my particular skin condition, it really helps. That's the only reason I like to take it. That's it. And so all the other drug manufacturers who don't make tetracycline may not be making it because there's not that much of a demand for it. So one Jerko decides to make it. Then the demand comes back because people like me go, oh. It's available again. Let's buy some. And then they go, oh, look at all the people that want it. Yay, let's jack them up. Stick it to them. You know? So there you go.
2: It just, it does. It, it just blows my mind that I know. people are just so greedy is what it comes down yeah. to.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, if you think your drug companies aren't sticking it to you, you're not paying attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the first place, anybody knows that has bought name brand meds versus generic meds you you know what that you know is all about you know you're paying for the name right and i don't think there is a drug company worldwide drug company that doesn't do that now we for a long time we were getting some of ernie's meds out of canada because they were way cheaper a lot oh. a lot more reasonable really? and they, and they and they come from Pfizer is one of the suppliers of the med that we used to get from them. And it comes in a Pfizer bottle. Sealed Pfizer bottle. I mean, it it comes from that company through Canada. But they get it cheaper. So we, when we buy it from them, we get it cheaper. You come here, you get the same medication for three times as much. And there's nobody to blame that on except the drug company. They're, they're selling it for what the traffic will bear. They know people are desperate. They know people are in pain or uh, have psycho- psychological issues or whatever they use medications for. Right. They know this, and they know you need the meds.
2: Uh, who is it? And
1: they're in business to make money. They're not in business to be philanthropic.
2: Yeah, really. I uh, mean,
1: seriously, you know, to be devil's advocate for them. Not that they need me to be, but, you know, I mean, in, in, in reality, they're in business to make money. They're not here to supply drugs to the world because the world needs drugs. They're here to supply drugs because the world will pay for drugs. Right.
2: Uh, Mike and Rob, they do Flashback Fridays, and they mm-hmm. picked one of our old episodes where we talked about healthcare, care. Mm-hmm. And it just blew their mind. Because they're they're Canadian, yeah, 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 and they were saying that it's it's just mind-boggling how our our whole system works. Because yeah. they said or doesn't work. Oh, doesn't case, work. Maybe yeah. yeah, because they said somebody gets sick, they go to the doctor, they get their medicine, they go go home. Mm-hmm. There, there's no showing. I mean, you'll show your ID depending yeah. on your medicine, but there's yeah. no showing of insurance or anything yeah. like that in just, Canada. In yeah, Canada, because it doesn't it. exist. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, they have national or what do they
2: call Um socialized medicine. Socialized
1: medicine, yeah. And and so does Great Britain. Uh and a lot of other countries, as far as that goes. Uh and there there you know, there's a lot of pros and cons. You know, people in this country will tell you, well, yeah, but you can't pick your doctor. Well, okay. You can pick your doctor. Do you like him?
2: My new doctor?
1: No, your old doctor.
2: My old doctor sucked.
1: Exactly. So the fact that you can pick your own doctor really doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, picking your own doctor is like, like dating. Really. Right. You know, you, you, you go out with somebody several times to find out whether you like them enough to get serious with them or not.
3: Right. Good, good analogy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Same thing with a doc. You pick a doc because the girl down the street that you have coffee with once a week says, Yeah, I go to him. He's okay. So you go and you go, This doctor sucks. But by then you're into it. Right. Because you've given them, everything in terms of your information and your history and all this other crap you've had to go through the blood tests and that 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 you paid your first patient visit fees and all that other happy horse shit and then you find out you don't like the fucker so then you got to face do you want to go to him every 6 months or 3 months or however often I understand yours got kicked up to 3 months yeah that's some shit
4: and now a word from our sponsors
0: Batter, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10-50% to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger. better, Better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart
1: However often you have to go to get the meds, because this is what it's all about, is to get the meds. And that's what the HMOs are doing. That's why they're making you come back more often. They're doing the same thing the drug companies are. They know you need the meds. They know you'll come back and pay for it. Every time you walk in the door, you pay for it. And they know that. And it's all the money game. All of it
3: it's just it's so
1: you know i can't say i can't say socialized medicine is better or worse than what we have here in this country except to say that the support for what we have in this country is not necessarily legitimate like i said the fact that you can pick your own doctor
2: doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing
1: doesn't mean it's a good thing and uh because he may or may not be a good doc until you've spent so much money getting involved with him that by the time you find it out, you know it's like, "Oh, now I gotta get a fucking divorce <laughs> I gotta go to another dating process to find another doctor and you know
3: right, and
1: we're in the medical field it you work with doctors all the time. I used to when right. i before I retired, we knew docs, we knew who were good and who were not good because we worked with them, you know, and that, we could count on one hand half a hand how many doctors that we worked with that we'd actually mm-hmm. considered going to, yeah as a patient, you know. Think about the people that don't have that inside awareness, let's say, of a specific physician, whatever his field may be, whether it's primary care or a specialty of some sort. If if they're only going by what Susie Homemaker says or... Angie or whoever, uh, list maker on, online is saying, you know, and I, and I don't trust them any more than I trust Susie Hillmaker because somebody's paying them to say something. Oh, you
3: know. Even though
1: they say they're not, I, I don't believe that for a minute. So you got, you got nowhere to turn except from your own experience with that particular doctor and you get, and plus you can get a good primary care physician but then all of his um specialists that he refers to, yeah. none of them are any good. So yeah. then you're just as fucked as if you didn't have a primary that you like. And really that true. and that's a whole new thing too. When I was, you know, 40 years ago, we didn't have primary care physicians. We had doctors. You went to the doctor, and he was he was an inter. The only time you had to have a specialist was if it was something really outrageously serious. You know, but your 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 primary care was a was an internist. These days they're ODs, doctors of uh, uh, yeah whatever the fuck OD stands for. And it, an internist, it, you know, can handle an awful lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay, because that's one of the guys that your OD refers you to <laughs> if you have a problem. He sends you to an internist, which is what he should have been in the first place. Very you know. true. But they didn't, they didn't used to do that. Used to be the doctor pretty much did everything unless it was brain surgery or, you know, heart specialists or, or, um, what the hell? Vascular surgery or something oh, like okay, that. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, then you needed a <laughs> specialist. But beyond that, no. Pretty much not. Or an orthodox, ortho you know, there's a, that's a specialty. Yeah. You know, rheumatism, that everything, became a specialty. I was going to say everything's a
3: specialty now. It is.
1: It is, and, 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 and all of it is because of our medical system of HMOs. Because they figured it out. It's just like the electronics thing. Remember when I was bitching a couple of weekends ago, or a couple of weeks ago on the show, I was complaining about how you, you men have created this horrific problem with electronic components yes. by allowing it to exist in the first place. You can't just go buy a box with a knob turn it on, and get television in color with sound. No, you have to buy three different boxes to get that. (laughs) Uh And then you have to buy a box to hook it up to cable. So it's the same thing with medicine. Before HMOs, we didn't have all these problems. The doctor took your blood and handed it to the girl who took it over there to their lab. You didn't have to go to a separate lab and wait two weeks for results and all that crap. You know? All of these specialties grew up out of HMOs who figured out that they could get doctors together in little groups, and there'd be two or three doctors. Those would be the ones you'd go to for basic stuff. Right. Sniffles and broken fingers and things like that. Those would be your primary doctors, but then anything other than that that could possibly be considered out of the realm of his capabilities they'd have to have a specialist for and here's the the real kicker you couldn't just go to that specialist yourself fuck no you had to go to the primary first Right. so then you were into him for the copay then he referred you to the specialist who by the way didn't have any openings for three weeks so you had to wait to go see him unless you were at death's door and if you were at death's door you had to go to the emergency room to do that and that was $200 just to walk in the door or back out again.
2: Yeah, it's just that it's...
1: So, yeah, I think socialized medicine has a lot more going for it than than we in this country like to tell ourselves we're getting out of our medical system, if you can call it, it. It's a system, all right, but it's not a medical system, and it's certainly not a medical system for uh, patients.
2: Well, and see, and not staying on the... Are not trying to go on the, the medical tangent, but as someone that works in the medical field, the reason why the, the care of physicians or hospitals or anything has become lousy is primarily based off of HMO. Yes, exactly.
1: It's but just, we're stuck with them now because yeah. we've let them go on this far. Now everybody thinks that's the way they're supposed to be. You're not going to get rid of them, not even, not unless you can convince the entire country to vote against them and go to socialized medicine, and they won't as long as it's called socialized medicine, because that sounds too much like communism, and we are so communistic-phobic, if that's a word. Communist-phobic, we're afraid to be associated with anything that sounds like communism anymore, even though it hasn't been a reality in the world for 20 years. We're still afraid of it, so we don't want so, or 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 socialists. We don't want to be considered socialists. We don't want if we're not American by God, we're dead, you know. And so if they call it American medical system or something like that,
2: American healthcare, American yeah.
1: healthcare, that might float, okay. But as long as they call it socialized medicine, or as long as some asshole up there who figures it out says, "Oh, it's just the same as socialized medicine," then we're we're fucked. We're, it's never going to change. At least not in my lifetime probably not in yours oh. so that was my that was my medical day for today I wasn't really gonna bring that up but it was and, and I'll let you know how it, it turns out if if my my um, advocates really come through for me Gilbert was wonderful I told him I said you made my day kid you really did I hope you have a good one because I felt confident that he understood my problem, and he was confident it was going to get solved. So, we'll see.
2: Yeah, we'll if, we'll find out.
1: If he's just a really good actor, or <laughs> or if he really believed it and was incorrect, or, or what. But I do know this, there's no way in hell I'm paying a $1,000 for that prescription. That's just insane. Let alone what they may want to try to bill me for the previous one.
2: Well, as you were talking, I was thinking of another scenario, and another scenario is like me going into Walgreens, buying a Coca Cola and paying with it with my debit card, and then get a call that, you know, my bank is going to call you know charge me an extra, you know, how many ever dollars because for using your debit card. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That's that's ah. well, or or <laughs> or even worse, because it was Coke. And not Pepsi. Yeah. They're going to charge. Because that's basically what they're telling me is because this.
2: Because of the name brand. Because of
1: the name of the medication and the manufacturer. It wasn't, it didn't have, it really didn't have anything to do with it being a name brand.
2: No. Because as far as I know, they're,
1: they're you know, it's all sort of generic as far as that goes. Generic just means that that it, it wasn't made under the propri- proprietary recipe, if you will, that Broaden being in the first place. That's right. really all generic means. It means they all figured out another way to make the same chemical composition. Right. That does the same thing. And the only people that were never able to do that pro- properly were the people that make primer. You can't make generic primer. It isn't possible to, to make a generic hormone. Really? Yes, and it's a whole other medical story <laughs> that I don't need to go into now how I know that. Suffice it to say that when I had my hysterectomy, the doctor inadvertently didn't say do not use, do not substitute generic when he wrote my prescription for Premarin. And I was on it for two weeks and I was almost certifiable. You after know, we, two
2: weeks. we talked about that before yeah. in the past.
1: And he said, damn it, I knew I should have written don't substitute generic for it. Well, in the meantime, that was 20 years, 30 years ago. In the meantime, they found out that that's a bad idea and they don't make it anymore because they found out they can't. Right. There are some things that cannot produce generically. And a hormone, female hormones, anyhow, is one of them. So when you buy Premarin, you're getting the proprietary recipe, as it were. Okay. So there you go. That's <clears throat> me and meds. <laughs> mm.
2: uh, let me jump in here real fast and say... While while you've been away, I wrote another movie script.
1: I saw. You said something about that on Facebook.
2: And I've decided, and, and everybody's thinking I'm nuts, even Lacey. We were just talking about that today. Um, in order for me to make this thing, realistically make it, I'm, I'm going to have to sell something. And the only thing that I have of real value is my comic book collection.
1: Ernie thought it was a good idea, by the way.
2: And, uh, you know, I've been collecting for 25 years, almost 25 years. And May next year, it'll be 25 years. Uh, I
1: told him you had a, a number one edition of X Men with Stan Lee's signature on it, autograph on it. And he says, that ought to be worth something, right there alone. I said, yeah, you would think.
2: So that's what I'm going to do is, well, <clears throat> let me back up.
1: Where is, oh, there it is. I see it. Hanging yeah, it's on the it's wall. On the little
2: wall. Bad um, idea, Bear.
1: I gotta put that in a safe deposit box. Anyway.
2: Well, I don't think I'll have it too much longer. Yeah. But uh, actually, Rebecca and Lacey both convinced me to try Kickstarter first. Especially my yeah. sister, Rebecca. Yeah. Both because Rebecca has, has no, well, Rebecca's 26. So I started collecting comics when she was two years old. Wow, you know, so wow. she has an emotional attachment to those, oh, even though they're not yeah. even hers. But yeah. there's an emotional attachment. Yeah, and she literally begged me. She's like, "Just try Kickstarter first. Just, just try it. Just try it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, fine."
1: Well, and somebody else said that on Facebook, to when you put your announcement on Facebook, somebody I saw had answered with, "Why don't you try Kickstarter?" And I, actually, I thought you probably already had, which was why you were going to the comic books, but maybe not.
2: Um, because the comic books was, is a sure thing. Yeah, I, and I, it's
1: easier. <laughs> I know that they're gonna sell. Cause you got them and you know they're gonna sell. Yeah.
2: But, uh, so that's what I'm gonna do is, once I figure, because I'm, I'm going through a second draft of the script right now, um, changing things around. I let Rebecca read it and she's, because it, it involves, uh, um, teenagers in high school I wanted her because she's the youngest and I wanted Erin who is even younger than her mm-hmm. you know I, I wanted feedback and, and there was a lot of they like well you're using you know dated terms and you know I was using kind of language that when I was a teenager yeah and, and yeah which was too long ago yeah that's outdated now so yeah. we kind of went through and they, they were very honest this is what works and this is what doesn't work and I took notes and so I'm going through a second draft and I'm really fleshing it out and as I'm working on it I'm like, Fuck, this is good. This is really good. This is I could probably do this for maybe forty five to fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and have it look good. So I sat down, I actually did a budget for it and I was like, Well, I you know, I can I'm pretty sure I can get About forty-five thousand dollars, forty to forty-five thousand dollars on all my comic books. Uh So that's that's where the idea of yeah, but yeah, yeah, what the hell? You know, I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, I'm really not gonna go forward so much until I finish all three drafts. Mm -hmm. You know, because always do three drafts, Mm -hmm. and then once I go get to the third draft, then I'll I'll move forward. I've even got like when I was writing it, originally when I was writing it, I knew where. I was going to shoot, and Lacey's going to love this, because the town that I've selected that looks the closest in my head that it actually exists is in Ely. Oh, so, yeah,
1: she will like that. So <laughs>
2: if we go out there for 28 days to shoot, yeah, she gets to be with her mom for 28 days. Yeah,
1: she'll love that. So she will. she will love that.
2: So that's the thing. Um, I am open to to any conversation, anybody that's serious um, I do have the X-Men number one, 1963 edition, first print, no remake, that's the real thing there, buddy. Um, I have, it's actually a minus one, it's a special edition signed by the creator himself, Stan Lee, uh, it comes with a certificate of authenticity. Uh, another one I have is, it's called X-Men one half, and it was a wizard edition, and Back in the day, back in the 90s, there was a comic book magazine called Wizard, and they obtained the rights for Marvel to do a special one-half, and I think there was only like 2,000 of them ever made. Wow. So, and I have that, and I have, you is know. It
1: a, were they numbered? in, in uh, Of the 2,000, were they numbered?
2: Yes, the middle one right here.
1: Uh-huh. What number is it?
2: Uh, I have to go look at it. Oh. But yeah, underneath, it, it comes with a certificate of authenticity, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's
1: not like number 2000.
2: Is? No, I think it's in the hundreds. Yeah,
1: That makes a difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's collectability.
2: And then I probably have between... I'm going to say between six and 800 comic books total. I have two large wow. tubs. Mm. Um, and... The majority of them are very well-conditioned uh, just because a lot of them I bought in my adult years. And in my adult years, I've been busy. I buy them, I put them away, and never mm-hmm. read them. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that it's been. So there's several books, hundreds of books, literally, that I haven't even opened.
1: Virgin comic books, as it were. Yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, I am willing to top price, but, you know, let's just look at what we have on the table. Mm-hmm and realistically I'm looking for $40,000 for Minim- the whole thing. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. I will not go less than $40,000, because if I do, then it's a waste of my time, and I'm losing And my then collection. you
1: lose your collection. Yeah. Yes. And that's dumb.
2: Because, uh, and, and when Rebecca was telling me this, you know, she was trying to talk to me in the Kickstarter, I said, you know, regardless of the success of, of what I've done, Even though I'm 37 years old, I have done everything I've ever wanted. I've written a comic book. I've drawn a comic book. I've been, you know, a writer. I have my own book now, you know. Mm -hmm. I've been a CEO of a company that was thriving. You know, I ran several properties. I've done everything that I've wanted to do Mm -hmm. except one thing. And it just eats at me because it's that last thing that I want to do. And that's make a movie.
1: Well, Kickstarter might be the way to go. You never know. It could be. It's certainly worth um, investigating, as your sister says, before you give up something so dear to you and the rest of the family. Right. Uh, And even though you'd be paid for it, you would still be giving it up. Right. You know uh yeah you might want to rethink if you can if you can do it another way
2: well, well yeah definitely um uh, but like Lacey and I were talking about just a couple days ago my desire to make a movie is greater than my desire to keep my comics if someone came, I get in, that.
1: I yeah, get that. Yeah. If someone
2: came to me right now and said, "I will give you forty-five thousand dollars for your comics, no question you, asked," you take it. Done deal. Yeah, yeah. So you, you that's that's where we're at.
3: Okay. Well.
2: And I'm, I'm okay with that because, like I, I, as you can tell, this was a big discussion amongst the family. Oh yeah. You know, when I oh, said yeah. this, everybody's like, <gasps> "Oh yeah." Know, um, like I was telling Erin, um, you know, their books. Yeah, their physical properties, and they can be replaced. Yeah. yeah. So if if
1: and they can be lived without, right? As well.
2: So you know, I
1: mean, you yeah.
2: that's just where I am in my life. I I'd rather be entertaining than be entertained. That's what I want to do.
1: Well, and there's something to be said for the fact that the majority of your collection is in tubs somewhere.
2: Right
3: there.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it'd be one thing if you had uh, a wall full of shelves and each of them was on a, a shelf and, and you from time to time would get one down and look at it and enjoy it and put it back and that. But just sitting in a tub, it's almost like you don't even have it.
2: True, very true.
1: You know, I mean, except for the ones on the wall, which knowing their value would scare the shit out of me. I, <laughs> I have them. I'd have them secure somewhere because, just because of fire, you know. Not theft, but fire. God forbid the house should ever burn down. There goes the very valuable you X-Men know, copies.
2: Only if it was the, the original number one. Yeah. Only if it was just a little bit better condition, mm-hmm. it would be worth $465,000
1: how much is it worth in not that not pristine condition
2: right now, mm-hmm. mine is probably worth about five thousand dollars too
1: bad it isn't pristine oh no. yes yeah
2: because there's a there's a a rip on the cover uh, that's that's the yeah. big thing so.
1: and you could totally sell it for that too if it was in pristine condition oh yeah
2: definitely, so yeah. that's why I'm going collection instead of piece by piece
1: yeah yeah well like i said you know know you've got it your sister knows you've got it but it's just sitting in tubs in a cupboard somewhere right so it's not like i mean you have your family pictures on the wall you have your doodads and whatnots sitting around and you enjoy those every time you look at them you get something out of it you know So unless you happen to bump into the tubs now and then, you know, or you look at the the three that you have hanging on the wall and you think, yeah, but i got a shitload more in some tubs somewhere. Otherwise, you're not going to get all that much enjoyment out of just having them.
2: Well, not to change the subject, but when it comes to living arrangements here in the house, Mm -hmm. I actually, I have no spot that is mine.
1: No, you really don't. You really don't. We've talked about that before, needing a a place of your own, and you don't have, Um, but even if you did, you probably wouldn't take them out of the tubs anyhow, because you want to keep them in pristine condition, the ones that are, you know, and if you put them out on shelves, then you run the risk of sunlight fading them, and uh, whatever, and again, theft, fire, flooding, whatever, Yes. you know, it would bother me to have that kind of a collection. The only thing I have of any value at all is in, is small enough to be in a safe. I have a, as you know, a, a thing about jewelry, and I have a fairly extensive collection of of somewhat valuable gemstones and jewelry. It's not nothing that's going to put me into, you know, a mansion anywhere. But it, you know, I spent. A pretty penny fork. Excuse me. Just a second. got to move this. No problem. And move this because my ass is going to sleep. Okay.
2: We're actually there almost we finished.
1: Oh, good. Um, you can cut out the part about my ass. <laughs> anyway, um and I don't get those things out all that often and mess with them, look at them, right. do anything with them. But I could, you know. And the other day I happened to get some out because uh, I was looking for something else. And I went, oh. Yeah, I forgot I even had that, you know. So, it's almost sort of like specialized hoarding. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in a way. Yes. And if you don't have a a place, now I'm fortunate because just the two of us, we have a a three-bedroom home. So, you know, pretty much Ernie's got room for everything of his and I've got room for everything of mine. And it overlaps a little and we don't care. But, um, yeah, I think it's important for you to have at least a wall that you could call your own, you know, and you could, this is Daddy's wall. These are Daddy's bookcases or whatever, you know, and you could put your shit on it. And if you had any shit you wanted to put on it, if you don't, then you don't need the wall anyway. <laughs> uh,
2: that's it. That's
1: That's it. Well, hopefully somebody will express interest. In the meantime, I think you should pursue the... uh other Kickstarter? Than, yeah, Kickstarter, because it's certainly, you know, I don't know the process, you do, but I don't know the process involved. I imagine it's not terribly easy, but, you know, you get it, get your third draft done, and contact them, or whatever it is you have to do to get their attention. See what happens.
2: Yeah, because I, I, because originally I invested in, um, I mean, do
1: they have investors just sitting around waiting for something to come along? Yes. Well, there you go. You know, you throw out your flag and run it up the pole and see if anybody salutes it.
2: Yeah, that's that's you the know. thing. Is is how the trick is to grab the attention of the investors on Kickstarter. That's the big deal. You
1: know, <clears throat> what, do you have to do, like, a little commercial or something to get their attention? Um, what do you do? You
2: can do, yeah, a commercial. And, in fact, that was kind of one of my ideas is to go rent the camera that I wanted to buy, mm-hmm. go rent it, um, take the script that I have, mm-hmm. after I'm finished, chop mm-hmm. it down to like a minute, minute and a half, and do a trailer. Yeah. And say, this yeah. is what it's yeah. going to look like.
1: Yeah, or this is basically what it's about, you know, or something. I mean, listen, let me tell you something right now. Okay. I'm going to move again. Okay. We saw this movie this weekend. Uh huh. And if, if the guy that wanted to do this movie, let's see, the director, Jonathan Glazer, if he wanted to pitch this movie to producers, uh huh. This is, this is the, this is what it says about the movie. A mysterious woman seduces lonely men in the evening hours in Scotland. Events lead her to begin a process of self discovery. That's not only the description of the movie called Under the Skin, that's pretty much all there fucking is to it. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no story in this movie. It's It starts out showing her going around, picking up guys, and taking them back to this place where she walks in and it's entirely black. She takes off all her clothes. They take off all their clothes. She's walking in, into this black space, and they follow her, like, of course that's normal, you yes. know, they follow her, <laughs> you know, Dick's out, ready to go, right, and then they, they walk, apparently, unknowingly, into the, as they walk, they're sinking into this black liquid, okay. and disappear, with no change of expression on their face, like, what the fuck, or anything, okay? And then she goes out, and she gets another one, and she brings it in, and they go through the whole thing. This goes on for, like, I fell asleep. Really? This movie. I mean, I like Scarlett Johansson the same as anybody. Well, maybe not quite the same as anybody, because I think Ernie thinks that, you know, if Lips could do it,
3: <laughs> he,
1: he really thinks she's hot shit. And that's fine. I got no problem with that. You know, there's always me and Hugh, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with that. But the Problem is, the story. there was no story. There was things happened, but they weren't interesting. After a while, it was like, oh, Jesus, okay, she's done with him now. She's going to go driving around in this van and get another guy, which is what she did. She'd drive around and get another guy, take him back and do the whole thing again. It was just it was repetitious, it, so much so that it became boring. I literally fell asleep watching this thing. And it was really hilarious, because when it was over, I I told her, I said, what the fuck was that all about? He says, I'm going to get the book. I said, there's a book? What the fuck would they have in the book? And he laughed. He thought that was very funny. And I think there is a book, which is weird. But the description on the envelope that came from Netflix with the movie Uh was not terribly more explicit. I mean, helpful. Yeah, descriptive. Thank you. Um, it did say that, um, oh, that it, it implied that it was really beautifully photographed and it was dazzling special effects and crap like that, which it wasn't. But, I mean, now, if if, if Glazer can sell that movie to a producer who's willing to pay for it, right. then you should be able to do yours to, to what's-her-face's?
3: The uh, uh, Kickstarter? Yeah. I uh, mean,
1: seriously. And, and, I mean, you know, they may have or may not have shown a picture of her driving around picking up a guy. That, that's very possible that that's what they did. But I doubt seriously if they ever told the backers that that was the only thing that was going to be going on in the movie. You know, and it's not. There's a couple of other things that happen. But, you know, it takes two thirds of the, you know, worse than that, three quarters, four fifths of the movie before anything different happens and then when it does it's like you know this should have happened way earlier in the movie it could have been a lot more interesting right and i don't know anyhow like i said if you if you were able to to take a picture or take some pictures or or like you said photograph a film it uh, yeah i would only do a an excerpt i wouldn't do like i wouldn't try to do a whole Running beginning to end kind of thing. I would just do an excerpt and say this is, this is the look of the movie. This is the feel of the movie. You were talking about the kids language and so on, how they, how they talk. You might have a, a scene that includes something like that if that's the crux of your story, uh, or the focus of your story. Whatever is the focus of your story, if you touch on that a little bit, that should be all you need. And, and something that shows the the f- the look of the movie right and expresses the feeling of the movie well, that should be that should be enough to to if 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 they can do it that if they can get interest with this i mean to tell you the truth, if I had the money and they showed me the whole movie, I wouldn't have put money behind it <laughs> I'm serious, it's a shitty movie
2: um I, and I can give you some tidbits about the script. We're talking about second draft now. Um, the title of the movie is called At Death's Door. And what happens is, is it starts with this girl, um, she moves into the small southern town, and she's introduced to the main character. His name is Dylan, and he has a running, you know, group of guys. Well, guys and girls. And during this time, as she moves there, um, this one cop, his name is Walter, he returns to the force after completing rehab because he had a, a drug problem. So, other than her trying to fit into a new city, new people, she develops a relationship. There's people that don't like the relationship between him and her. Plus, then you have Walter, who's the cop, who is trying to you know, be on the up-and-up, be a good officer, but at the same time, try to fight off his demons from the narcotics plus you have to figure out who's the killer because yeah i was people... gonna say
1: you're gonna have to bring in the death's door part yes and, sooner or later somebody's and, gonna have to look like they're gonna die or die
2: oh there's there's know. gonna be plenty of of murdering
1: so so you need to to somehow you know spotlight you know murder 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 and, and then who 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 or whatever I don't know. You're, this is your feel. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. It, you should be able to to do a five minute blurb.
3: Piece. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That that gives the flavor of the movie. That because you don't need to, you don't need to touch on the obvious. It's obvious that she's moving to a new town. She's going to have, you know, trouble meeting people. Blah blah blah. Everybody does that. That you don't need. What you need is here she is new to town, here he is rehab, here he is cop, look at all the dead people, nobody knows who did it, that kind of a and you know and and, and that's going to convey basically what the movie's about, don't and, you think?
2: Yes, and I'm really excited about people seeing the end, who they because I purposely went in. And led people to say, "Oh, okay, it's yeah, that person," Yeah. yeah. and then yeah. They, they get killed. And you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's not good." Yeah. I purposely did that. I, I led them to different places, but at the same time, I'm putting real in It's a, hints. It's a,
1: a frequent, frequently used technique, and it's and it's and it works because you do that uh, as, as a viewer. You know, you sit there and you go, oh, I know, I got it." He did it. And then you go, now wait a minute, maybe he didn't, because I remember now he wasn't really there when that happened, or, you know, whatever. And, and that's part of the fun of watching a whodunit.
2: Yes. And the who is the actual killer, I actually did some Googling. I tried to go through and find out if there was any type of similar ending to this. hmm I don't think there's an ending like this ever done
1: and if you get if you get some serious nibbles, then you can you can share that part with them, perhaps, or you can even in your your enticement, you can you can say this is you know better than a Hitchcock ending, typical of but better than or something like that, so that they understand that there's that there's going to be something there that they're not going to see, right? Because it would blow it to tell the ending because th-
2: the very first layout of the story. I wrote it primarily for the killer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, here are the hints for the actual killer. Mm -hmm. And then I went back in with another character, and I laid it over, Mm -hmm. mixed it in with the actual killer. And I've done that there's six times. Mm -hmm. So you're just like, who's the killer? Yeah, yeah. And then by the time you get to it, and we reveal, and we show all of it connecting from the very first frame to now, you're like, oh, fuck. And then he... So they can
1: say, I didn't see it coming. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and see, that was part of the problem with the movie. After we'd watched this movie for a while, I finally turned to Ernie and I said, what the fuck is this movie about? (laughs) I said, you know, and then he tells me, he says, well, she's, she's uh, an alien, a space alien. And I said, what part of what's gone on so far was going to lead me in that direction? I mean, Nothing. It starts out with her driving a van around, picking up guys, taking them into a weird place that admittedly isn't normal. You know, you don't walk into a black place and start walking down into black liquid. I get that. Right. But that didn't necessarily mean that she was an alien. For all I know, it was some idiot's idea of a new and different way to scare somebody. I don't know. You know, it didn't mean to me that she was an alien. She, In the beginning, she does drag this body back to her Lair, I'll call it, because I don't know what else to call it. It's not a house. It's a place where she goes where she can be herself, I guess. Uh, and she takes the clothing off of, uh, a a body who looks like her. But I didn't catch in the beginning that that was her body, because she's there. Gotcha. Okay. And she takes all the clothing off of this, na- off this body, making her naked. Puts the clothing on and then goes out and drives the van around and picks up guys. So it, I guess what they meant to say with that scene was that she took over the appearance of this person, but it didn't, it never showed that happening. She went and pulled this body up out of a gutter someplace and she already looked like her. It wasn't like, it wasn't that she looked like an alien or anything nice. else. She looked kinda like her.
2: What is the movie called?
1: Under the skin.
2: Huh. Okay. It's I haven't even heard of it.
1: Huge waste of time. <laughs> Unless you want a nap. And then it then it was great, you know, but I'm sorry, it just didn't do it for me. And I and, and, and Ernie likes weird shit with movies and I get that about him and that's okay. You know, he I guess he enjoyed it. I didn't ask him. You know, he he was awake through it all, so I suppose he enjoyed it. There you go. It didn't have a lot of fucking in it, so I'm not real sure what attracted him to it. But he, it just, I, I, you know, I kept waiting for something to happen, somebody to say something. The only dialogue is between her and the guy she's picking up. Oh, are you alone in town? Are you with anybody? Are you waiting for somebody? No? Well, I'm going that way. You want a ride? Basically, that was the conversation.
2: Over and over again over for two and hours. over and
1: over again, and after a while, the guys all started looking alike, and they all spoke with Scottish accents, which are not the easiest for my ear to understand. Its right. a damn good thing I had subtitles, or I never would have understood what they were saying half the time. you know it was just I don't know i I considered it a colossal waste of time
2: well hearing stuff like that that gives me hope
1: well. Yeah, if you can't do better than under the skin, you need to not make a movie. Okay? Because anybody could do better. And most, lots of people have.
2: Um, so. One more thought, and then we're going to close okay. out. Um, I was going to say is, I do have a an actual producer in the family. Um, I've never asked him for anything. And I'm actually... Thinking about, once I get to the third script, before even doing Kickstarter, sending him the script, sending him my budget, and say, this is what it is, this is how much I'm asking for, if you're interested, what kind of percentage do you want back on the investment, and then go from there. Because he, he's rich.
1: Would you be able to work with him? You know, they, what they always say about working with family.
2: I think I'd be able to work with him because he. I don't really see him as family.
1: Well, yeah, I know. But, I mean, you'd have to have a, I would think, you'd have to have a clearly outlined agreement written.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, regarding responsibilities, input, outtake, and all of that.
3: Because, uh... I'm
1: just dubious. Whenever anybody says... Oh, my uncle does that. Let's talk to him about it. I'm like, eh, no, you may not want to do that. Because, there's, you know, just watch Judge Judy a few times and you'll see why not. You know, it's just hardly ever a good idea.
2: Well, he has, I mean, he, he used to be the president of Sony Pictures.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, that doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter if it's Steven Spielberg. If he's a relative, it changes things. It, cha- it can change things. So well, all I'm saying is, if if there's an agreement takes place, I would I would think you'd want to have everything clearly in writing, in writing, legally, expri- explicit in terms of what you expect him to do or not do, what he's going to expect you to do or not do, how out, how far-reaching is his influence allowed to be and so on
3: right yeah yeah
1: well because you never know you know he may decide oh god i know this guy that he'd be so good at special effects and and let me talk i'll talk to him and oh i won't even bother david with it i'll just talk to him first and then you know the next thing you know he comes to you and he says hey i got this guy to do our special effects and i got this guy to do this and this guy to do that and by the way i already got half the casting laid out you don't want that you just want And some producers, you know, that's what they do. That's that's what a producer does. They, they do a lot of the back work for you. Right. So you want to... Until you know who he knows and what his intentions are and how he works, okay, you may or may not want to give him your child. This is your child. You know, because he may, he may raise it to be... Something totally different than what you had in mind. Very true. And and I and 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 this may never happen, but like I said, until you know how he works, you know. And the same thing is true, really, of anybody with Kickstarter that that says, "Hey, yeah, I think this is cool." You still have that problem. It's not just because this guy is a family, right? But the the guy whose family can always, if he's the he's of that ilk, he can always go well. Jesus Christ, I'm your fucking uncle. What did You know, you can't trust me or whatever. Right, right. No, I, I'm I follow you. Yeah. So Joe Blow with Kickstarter, he's not going to pull that card. No. Because he's just Joe Blow with Kickstarter with money. So mm-hmm. he expects you to say, you can do this, you can do this, and you can do this. You cannot do anything else.
3: Right.
1: That's outside your sphere, you know. And 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 they'll abide by that because that's what they expect. Right. Relatives, maybe not. Maybe.
2: I get what you're saying. They'd use the relative card against. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, kids, uh, come back next week. We are going to get back to our regular scheduled format. Yeah. Um, don't
1: don't email us and tell us that you didn't like that we didn't do our format. We know I, we didn't do our format this
2: week. Yeah. Like I said, it was just. <laughs> I wanted to catch up with you, you know, and... Right, yeah, uh, we
1: haven't even talked to each other except to say don't come over because Lacey's sick or whatever. Right. For the last two and a half weeks, so... And that's for us a long time.
2: (laughs) It is. A long time. So we'll get back back to our our regular format next week, and we'll do all the bashing that you've come to know and love. (laughs) Um, Go to Twitter. Check us out, www.twitter.com slash jazomodcast.com. We'll follow us there, or you can like us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash jzomodcast number one. So follow us, or like us, or do both. Or you can always just come by the JZOModcast website at JZoneModcast.com slash JZoneModcast. Click on what we think, and go down to the comment section, and let us know what you think. We enjoy email. We yeah, we really do.
1: Email. And and you'll wind up on our map of fame. yes because we will put you on there.
2: All right, kids. That's it for this week. I am David K. Montoya.
1: And I am S. Sadie Burbank.
2: And you heard what we think, and now you know. Good night.
1: Good night. night. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think.
2: (laughs) (laughs) David came on Toya as Burbank podcast.
1: We're at Burbank. David came on Toya podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah.
2: The, uh, the show. Let's
1: make it up. actually makes some.
2: And see, I came up with more.
1: Not what we know, because
3: we don't know shit.